If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Today's guest is Sally Evans. Sally's a successful Grand Prix dressage rider, trainer and coach, as well as an A-level judge. And previously, Sally's been a successful three-day eventer. Hi, Sally. How are you? Hi, Glennis. I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Yes. Sally, do you have a quote that you'd like to tell us about? A quote? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. A quote that you may use when you're teaching or just something you use to inspire you. We normally start off our interviews with a quote from our guest. Oh, my gosh. I probably have a lot of different things that I think about with different quotes. I mean, if it's regarding horses, I guess I like my horses to be happy in their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. happy and sound in their body and their brain. And then I feel like they're like, I will more, you know, they're happy to work with you and they're willing and everything. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know, in life, I guess I just like to be honest and very free around people, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Honest and just upfront. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good, good. Now, I think when you started with horses, it was your sister, wasn't it, who introduced you to horses or what was the story there? Yeah, well, when I was about, I don't know, I must have been in grade one Mm -hmm. (laughs) in school and even prior to that, I always wanted to be dancing or singing, doing something like that, so I... Mum put me in all three classes of ballet, classical, tap and jazz Mm -hmm. and I was doing all that and everything. And then about halfway through grade one, it was winter, I was dancing in the lounge room and we had, in those days, we had the old-fashioned kerosene heater Mm -hmm. and my nightie was flannelette. Mm. And... I was dancing around and next minute I think it just must have just gone over the top of the kerosene heater and caught fire and within a few seconds I was just a ball of fire and I just ran downstairs to my mum and she was downstairs washing and she just saw me and ripped all the clothes off me so she burnt all her hands and it was actually my neighbour that heard me screaming Mm -hmm. and she got a bucket of water out of the swimming pool and came and threw it over me, which put the fire out. Mm, mm, mm. So after that, I guess, yeah, when I was about 10 or 12, my sister took me horse riding after I'd been through several years of plastic surgery and skin grafts and everything. And 
Yeah. Oh, and then another strange thing about that story is my ambulance guy that actually came, he drove the ambulance to come to me when I was burnt. Yep. He kind of weirdly sort of like fell in love with this person because I was his first emergency case as an ambulance driver and he got held up in traffic and Mm. he had his lights blazing and he had to jump out and kind of bully himself through the traffic. And anyway, he finally got there and saw me on the step peeling all my blistered skin off my body. (laughs) That's what I was doing. And he just fell in love with me and he just became part of our family. It was really weird. He just became part of our family. And then in the end, he became a celebrant and he said, I want to marry you. So when I found my husband, he wanted to marry me. Wow. So he married Peter and I. Wow. Wow, yeah. So what a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, tragic story, you know, to start off. And and who knows yeah. because, you know, if you didn't have that accident, maybe you never would have found horses and maybe, you know, the amount of horses that, that you've sort of touched their lives as well wouldn't have had the benefit yeah. of having you in their life. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Who yeah. knows, hey? Yeah. 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 What about a career with horses? Because you you pretty much went from school into a career with horses, or what happened? I there? did. Yeah, I did. I pretty much wanted to be involved in caring for horses, and I can't even remember how I actually got started in the racing industry. I don't even remember who actually put me onto it, but I started working for a trainer called Colin O'Neill and his wife. Pam O'Neill was one of the very first lady jockeys in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I used to work for them. I worked for them for quite a while. And then I changed and worked for a trainer called Barry Miller. And it was really quite weird because I wanted to ride track work. And when I was working for Colin O'Neill, whose wife was Pam O'Neill, the lady jockey. Yep. Colin O'Neill wouldn't let me ride track work. That's <laughs> funny, isn't but it? But yet, I know yeah. it was weird, but yet yeah. I used to ride these racehorses bareback mm. through the roads of Nunda and Deegan and stuff, and I used to ride them to the track, and then I'd ride them bareback back from the track back home to the stables. Mm. And yet Colin said, when I said I want to learn to ride track work, he was like, oh, no too dangerous for women and yet his wife was a lady jockey so I couldn't make sense. So <laughs> it was really quite strange but the stalls that we had at Eagle Farm were right opposite Barry Miller's stalls and he must have heard the conversation one day and he came up and approached me and he said, I'll let you ride track work on my horses. Mm-hmm. So I did. So I started with Barry and I was with him for quite a long time and road track work and it was quite strange because I was doing eventing at that time so I was putting all the learning that I was learning with dressage and eventing into the racehorses so I was teaching the racehorses how to be round and on the bit <laughs> and how to accept half hold and that all started to work really beautifully for me and then in the end I used to ride all the crazy ones because I used to get on them and teach them how to work correctly yep yep and yeah and strange yes yes I remember actually when you were doing that that was yeah yeah 
Sally, what do you think, you know, because you've gone on and even though you work with racehorses, you still had your own horses on the side and you sort of were juggling the two. For someone to work with horses, what do you think the character traits are or the core skills to make a successful career? You know, someone that's just out of school, what sort of things do they need to start? Gosh, you ask hard questions. (laughs) Well, I think you've got to be open-minded and really willing Mm. to pursue whatever avenue of horse sport you want to get into, willing to learn about how the racehorse works or willing to learn about how the dressage horse works and how his life is. Or if you go to a a reining or cutting trainer and you work for them, you've got to learn how their horses need to respond to the rider and respond to work. So you've got to kind of put yourself, I guess, in the lifestyle of that horse. Like with racehorses, they're just stuck in stables all the time. With dressage horses, it can be the same or it can be sometimes quite different for them. They can be out in paddocks and have more freedom, become more of a herd animal. And I think you've got to be able to adapt to the different sports mm-hmm. and the different way the horses are required to use their bodies and their brains mm-hmm. in their career. Yep, yep. So as a person coming out to work with them, yeah, I think you've got to learn about that and be willing to accept that and help the horses in that. Okay. Now, you've talked about the trainers that you work for in your racing part of your career. Has there been anyone else, you know, a trainer, mentor, someone who's influenced you that you'd like to talk about? In racing or dressage? Dressage. In dressage. Yeah. In the beginning... With dressage, I think I was more involved with the late Nuno Oliveira. Mm -hmm. I had lessons with him and I liked all that style of sort of lightness with the horses. The horses were, I guess, I don't know, well respected within themselves and their own ability and there was always like a softness and an acceptance and a reward to the horses all the time. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I did lots of clinics with other trainers and coaches. And I think you have to be, again, you know, open and broad-minded and you can learn something from anybody, really. Sure, yeah. yeah. Then I did a lot of years with Sandra Pearson-Adams and – I completely respect her and her honesty and approach to the horses. She taught me heaps. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of my training still now, even daily training, I always am reminded of things that both Nuno has said to me and Sandra Pearson-Adams has said to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There would be other trainers that I could talk about, but it would go on and on and on. But you know, I think no. with everyone I teach with, everyone I learn and have lessons with, you always just learn something. And and sometimes it can work on the horse that you currently have at the moment and sometimes it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you go, no, that, that approach doesn't work. And you need to reassess it yourself. And sometimes I think you've got to think a little bit like the horse in training as well. Yes. And if the horse is a bit of a hot, spooky horse, you've got to help to calm them and give them confidence and if they're you know a little bit of a kind of 
surfer dude type, lazy type, you know, whatever kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, you got to kind of spark him up a bit, you know. I think something I've learned, even going back to the racehorse trainer I worked with, Barry Miller, he was very good at assessing his different horses and, and always knowing that if there was something wrong, he would back off straight away. Yep, yep. Hmm. What about horses who've influenced you? Or have we got a horse, horses? Oh, my gosh. Uh, probably probably many, really. Mm-hmm. One that's yeah, a bit of a standout, of you know, one that one that might be a standout above the others. Uh, I don't know. There were racehorses that stood out to me that inspired me with their amazing attitude and ability and willing to work. And I guess with dressage horses, you know, my main Ones have probably been J.B. Assassin. He was very good. He mm-hmm. taught me heaps. A seduction gone on very well. Still at the age of 21 now, competing Grand Prix in Western Australia. I, I don't know. I just I just love them all. I love all the horses that I ride. And some days, you know, you have an argument with the horse in the training that day, and then that night, you know, the husband has a grumpy wife (laughs) (laughs) and then days you you just like oh my god everything went so brilliant today I just love every single ride I had on every single horse today every lesson went great and you just come in and life's just brilliant you know I think they just influence you so much in your own passion and I don't know what it is about them they just make you happy sometimes sure sure I've got to ask you about a spider bite. How did she get her name? Yeah, she got her name because when she was a baby girl, I think she was about a yearling, maybe rising to, she got bitten by some sort of spider and it <laughs> got stuck in her rug. It was just a rug rug with no neck rug. Mm. And it got stuck, I think, in her rug and she, maybe she rolled on it to try and kill it or something, but it bit her all the way down the edge of the rug. Mm-hmm. And when I got the vet out, he was like really concerned that it could have been one of those white, is it white, white tail, white tip, whatever that okay. spider yep. is, the yep. dangerous spider. And he he panicked me a bit and I said, oh, my God, no, because <laughs> spider bite was one of my, you know, she was out of a mare Atalanta that was on the Grand Prix. She went to Grand Prix Atalanta and she was on the national squad for Australia. And then she was by our stallion, a seduction, who is, gone to Grand Prix and was also on the national squad and was like, oh, no, you know, Cece's <laughs> going to go, like, go to university, you know. She's, <laughs> she's got the blood and the brain to get there, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so in the end I thought, okay, we'll just call her a spider bite because that's <laughs> what she got. <laughs> okay. Because you've got some lovely, lovely, lovely names and a spider bite was um, just one that was a bit different. So that's a good story. It anyway. was different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. It was different. All right. Now, what's been your proudest moment? My proudest moment? Uh, mm. Look, there's many. I guess, you know, the top of the proudest moment was when Assassin won. Prince George and the Inter one at the Sydney CDI. That was pretty great, you know. Mm. That was pretty exciting. Um, Basil also, a seduction, he also won, you know, what did he win? I don't know, I can't remember how he won. <laughs> Prince George, I think, CDN, he won the Grand Prix CDN there. He won the Inter two. Yeah, they're all just 
such great moments. Back to my thoroughbred days with eventing and seldom seen, winning horse of the year and sleuth down in Sydney. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. They're all just such amazing creatures, aren't they? They just they all each of them have a highlight in their life, a bit like all of us. We have a highlight, you know. Sure. And lucky as a rider, we get to live a lot of their mm. high life, you know, their high moments in their life, which is just so exciting for yes. us. Spider bites done well. She just sometimes, unfortunately, spider lets me down a bit. I think she has her mother's brain. I know that <laughs> she gets a bit hot. So mm-hmm. she, the, you know, she comes into an arena and she just goes, "Oh no, I don't like that pot plant in the corner. It's gonna kill me." <laughs> so then, you know, you go, "Oh God, okay, it's one of those days." And then other days, she just gets in there and she's just in her element, and that's mm-hmm. the days that are just magic. She got a really seventy percent score down in Sydney. Down near Newcastle, and you know, you just come and you go, Oh my god, I'm just on a high, you know, yeah, they're yeah. brilliant. Okay, they all just give you such great things, don't they? For sure, for sure. With all the highs, though, come lows. What do you think is your biggest challenge? What's that been? My biggest challenge. Mm. I don't know. Do you mean like sadness-wise? Yeah, just something that you think. Um, you know things might be travelling along very smoothly and then all of a sudden something's held you up. And I know that you've had a bit of a problem recently with the property. I don't know if that's been your biggest challenge or there's been something else. Oh, life challenge, yeah, mm. that was huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that so was huge. That what? was, though, that property we bought, we did a big, huge effort through the Ballina Council to have that property established as an equestrian centre. And then when we were there for 15 years, we thought, okay, this is it. We're here for life. This is great. We love it. It's a perfect spot down at the end of a dead-end street, beautiful kind of hills around us, peaceful, beautiful, quiet place. And then suddenly the highway upgrade from Sydney to Brisbane said, uh, we're doing a dog leg turn in the highway and coming straight through your property. Mm. So, yeah, that was like, I think for the first three years, I just didn't even want to accept it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Peter, my husband, kept saying, it's going to come through, it's going to come through. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> they won't do that, surely. Mm. Yeah, so in the end, it was horrible because the last... Well, for this year, the last three years, maybe even five years prior to that, we've been pretty much fighting. We were pretty much challenging the government, Mm. taking them to court and having solicitors and lawyers and barristers and bills galore and in the end running out of money and having to borrow money from relatives and friends and everything. And, yeah, to anyone out there... (laughs) Who has the RMS coming through? Just yeah, just stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. Eventually, hopefully, good things come to good people. But yeah, like in the end, you know, I guess we now have another property. Mm-hmm. We are in partnership with that property with a very dear friends of ours, and we're lucky, I guess. 
lucky to be there. It's very pretty, very peaceful. Although not as peaceful as the other one because we're right next to the highway now. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway. So that's water under the bridge. I don't even feel like I want to really talk about that. I guess that was the lowest of lows. But Mm -hmm. I guess there are... With horses, though, there are other lows where horses have to be put down. You know, mm-hmm. they have to end their life for various reasons, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a sickness or an unsoundness that, you, you know, you can't, you couldn't bear to allow them to stay living in the pain and you couldn't bear to, to give anyone else that problem, you know. Yeah. That's what we've had to really become stronger in ourselves to be able to make that decision mm-hmm. for the horse. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's, I don't know, I guess that's something you have to be aware of, you know. I, I think, and it, then when you, yeah, I was going to say, if people know that it hasn't just all been rosy for you, you know, and there have been challenges along the way. Oh, yeah. Because... People who are listening might aspire to do what you've done and they come across yeah. a challenge and they think, oh, that wouldn't have happened to Sally. But if they know that you've had challenges no, as well, yeah, it just yeah, might, helps absolutely. them. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's like you you hit that challenge and whether it's a challenge that's in your other part of your life or the challenge that's in the horse part of the life, mm. you've got to really reflect back I guess and take time to go okay well I need to sort this out and help this horse so does he need to be in a different paddock or does he need to have more variety in his work or does he need to have I don't know a different way of bridling or saddling up or yeah it's all Mm. things Mm. or do I need to lunge before I get on him or something like that and yeah. Sometimes yeah. challenges like that can be learning moments for you, you know, like their education yeah. for you because you've got to figure it out. Yeah. you got to figure it out. That's yeah. right. You do. I think the biggest thing I think someone told me, and I don't even remember who it ever was, but they just said, you know, when you're training horses, you got to think like the horse. Mm. Mm. And the horse is that he ultimately is that herd animal, isn't he? He wants mm. to be involved in the herd and if you're gonna try and jump on him and take him away from everyone else and make him be obedient and everything you've got to become that herd for him you know mm-hmm. you've got to yep. be confident that if you say go over here and let's jump this log or let's mm. cross this creek or let's go through this sandy track to the beach you know the horses if you give them a little kick or whatever and say come on let's go Mm. They've got to go, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You said it's safe, okay, I'm a bit scared, but I'm going, you yes, know. Yes, yes, yeah. And it's all those little things that really add up, isn't it, in, mm. Mm. to the whole training aspect. And then hopefully later when you're in at a competition or something and, you know, there's about to be a big storm or a big wind gust or, you know, someone in the corner is lunging their horse, cracking their whip or something, you need to go to say to your horse, hey, it's okay, just listen, yes. come on, just listen yeah. to me. Yeah. It's okay. Mm, for sure. Yeah, I'm the boss. Yeah. All right. If you are at a competition, just thinking back to your students or other people that you see, what do you think is a common riding mistake, training mistake, and how can we fix it? 
Well, it's interesting you should say that because just only last weekend I was away judging. Mm-hmm. I won't say exactly where I was, but I was away <laughs> in Australia somewhere judging. Mm-hmm. I was judging from novice, pony, pony novice, elementary, medium, advanced, prison judge, into two company. Mm-hmm. And just where we were sitting in the cars watching the we had the five arenas there next to us, and we could see the warm-up arena as well. And there were, I was a little bit kind of thinking, you know, some of these horses should be a bit happier down there mm. in the warm-up mm. area. Some of them were not so happy. Mm-hmm. Some were, I think, not so sound either. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know, I guess I would say that it comes back to not so much on the day warming up, but more all that lead-up work before. You know, it is like the care of your horse and the horsemanship that you have and the relationship that you have with your horse. Like, you need to know that the horse is sound. You need to, A, look after his, you know, the saddle fits him good, the bridle fits him good. He's you know, his feet are good, whether you have shoes on or whether you have barefoot. I mean, we do glue-on shoeing now. We've gone totally away from normal shoeing. Mm-hmm. We're into the glue-on shoes. And I think that you need to make sure that their body is right, whether it's a chiropractor or someone that comes in. Their teeth are also very, very important. And I think if you've got their feet and their teeth and their body right and the saddle fits good, then I think you're going to be down the end of that warm-up area with a much happier horse. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. I think that takes you back to your thinking like a horse. You know, the empathy that you'd have for your horse has got to come. The empathy for the horse, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've always wanted my horses to be as happy as they possibly can be. If I put them in the paddock and they're walking the fence line, they don't like it because whatever, they're too far away from the other horses, they don't like the shape of this paddock or whatever, you know, like that. I say, okay, I shift him, you know. Mm. I find a place where he wants to be. I kind of let the horses tell me where they want to be, how they want to work, you know. It was interesting because at the beginning of this year, we moved onto the new property and I wanted to, my husband Peter said, come on, we're going to do the Sydney CDI. And I'm like, Peter, you're kidding me. I've only got like a grass paddock to work her in. Mm. I can't get ready for the Sydney CDI on a grass paddock. He's like, yeah, no, I'm pushing you. We're going to do it. So I'm like, oh, my God. So here I am working by the bite on the slope of a side of a slope of a hill, you know, mm-hmm. paddock mm-hmm. and grass. And once a week I'd try and float her out to a student's place and work her on some sort of a, you know, an arena, unless I had an arena once a week. Yep. And the crazy thing was, I think, you know, she went down to Sydney and <laughs> did got a fourth in the into one and a second in the freestyle. It was just amazing. Mm, mm. And that made me 
come back and think, okay, I don't need to be in the arena every day. Yep. If I call the arena, that's my office. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be in the office every day. I can be out in the paddock. I can be riding on the grass. I can be going to the beach and I can still be working on all the things I need to work on, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't need to be in the arena every day. But that's just her. Yeah. Where Assassin was completely different. Uh Uh-huh. He didn't like the beach. He didn't like the paddock. <laughs> he says, just put me in a 20 by 60 sand. It's flat. There's nothing here that can scare me. I love it. I want to practice half past 20 times and get it right. Mm-hmm. And he loved that. Mm-hmm. Then Ace Adoption was totally different again. Ace Adoption, you got on him. You warmed up. And within half an hour, you'd done a beautiful half pass. You'd done a beautiful counter pirouette. And you're like, mm, okay, what else can we practice, Basil? You know, like, they're all so different. Oh. And then Spider Bite is like, oh, my God, there's a grass moving over there in that corner. I can't go near it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so think like a horse. Yes. And try to think like your horse and then try to think, okay, if I am spider bite or assassin or a seduction, then that's how I try to ride them yep. and train them and try to get the best out of them. Okay. And then also know that there's their faults, you know, like I remember one day it was so funny. I took a seduction to the beach. I used to always ride him at the beach once a week Yep. and he would always go by himself because he was a stallion and... I used to just take him to the beach and I'd walk him onto the beach and I'd let him tell me what he wants to do. Does he want to just meditate? He used to meditate. (laughs) He would just walk a little bit further straight out to the ocean and then he would just halt where the water was just touching his hooves and he would just stand there completely still and I swear to you, he was meditating. He would just gaze to the ocean and his eyelids would just be almost closing. And I'm there for like, I don't know, 10, 8, 10 minutes, not moved a muscle. <laughs> it was just really weird. He just loved it. His breathing would slow right down. He would slow my breathing down. Or he'd get to the beach and he'd turn his head and he'd go, let's start trotting and let's go for a gallop. Or he'd go down to the water edge and he'd say, let's trot through the water. So it was strange. And one time I went to the beach with him and I took two of my students down. Both horses had never been to the beach before. Yep. One was right up at the sand dunes, freaking out at about 100 metres back from the water edge, going, oh, my God, there's a water that moves down there. I'm not going anywhere near it. And the other rider was cantering through the waves with buckle-end reins and going, oh, my God, he loves it, he loves it. And poor Basil was just freaking out because he just so liked going to the beach and it belonging to him. So after that happened, I just never took anyone else with him to the beach because that had to be his his moment, Mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. And then the strangest thing was with a spider who was a She's called Cece, which stands for crazy chick. Crazy okay. chick. Yes. Because she's just crazy, I tell you. She's just a crazy <laughs> chick. The very first day we took her to the beach, we thought, oh, God, this is going to be like, absolutely. She's going to see the water and go, oh, my God, and just, <laughs> like, you know, completely yeah. lose her brain. She walked over the last sand dune and saw the water, and I kid you not, Cher, 
and stared into it and started to meditate like color. They were just so different on the beach. Wow. Wow. So, Sally, have you got a book that you'd like to? A yeah. Book? No, I don't read books much. Don't you? Too busy. <laughs> what does your future hold? What are you looking forward to? Future is to, well, I've got a four-year-old horse at the moment that was just broken in. Mm-hmm. So I guess my future's already mapped out there with him. Yep. He's going to Grobry. Yep. And, yeah, I just want to enjoy life, enjoy horses. I love coaching people that just love to learn and love to love their horses mm-hmm. and have fun with their horses. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Oh, and, of course, you know, husband, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And sounds like he's quite supportive as well. Oh, that's about it. Yep, yep. What about, can you say... Yeah, look, if you could sum up your philosophy into a lesson today, that would be great. Oh, jeez. You ask such hard questions. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess just don't take everything so seriously. Have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that? I've just got to try to positive out of it, but then maybe learn from it as well. Yep. And... Um, you know, give lots of love to horses and family and mm-hmm. dogs and cats, <laughs> all animals. I guess that's about it. <laughs> yes, and you've got three dogs with you at the moment. I do. I have Yeah. dogs, yes. Well, I've got one licking my back at the moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, Sally, thank you so much for talking today. I'm glad we missed out on that storm we had earlier. It's sort of, you know, we got a little bit of it here, but then it went around you, so that worked out well. It did, yeah. Um, Yeah. And and good catching up with you too. Yeah, Yeah. great. It's (laughs) great. No, I love what you're doing. It's really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. With these um, interviews, I did actually listen to a few of them myself. They were fantastic. Did you? It's just so interesting to learn about everyone else and their lives and how they think I think, you know, especially for people listening, it's the comparison's interesting. You know, some people had parents and were just about born on the back of a horse and other people really had to strive to, you know, to get that contact. But, you know, equally now focused and dedicated but just coming from different backgrounds. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm, mm. Yes. Yep. All right. Good. Great to talk to you today and hopefully yeah, talk to you again sometime soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.